welcome to Happy Times and Places, a game attempt in a universe of complaining and mudslinging and pessimism to try to be positive, in this case, about Doctor Who. A friend of mine, I'm Toby Haydock, chooses a story, we watch along and choose our favourite things about each episode and hope that they match. Hello there, I'm Siobhan Galichon and I've chosen The Three Doctors. Well, oh my giddy aunt, you're watching Doctor Who with a dandy and a clown. And, and that's just me. I mean, I have been one or the other and occasionally both at the same time. Um, and now I'm confined to watching Doctor Who, but not being allowed to take part. I'm all three Doctors from the three Doctors <laughs> in one form or another. I am joined, as you heard, by Siobhan Galichon, long-term fan, legend of fandom. William Hartnell, voice impersonator, podcaster, extraordinaire, and all-round splendid person. So, uh, I'm grateful to Siobhan, who's also, this is the second attempt she has made to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to listen to the first, because she's got, I got, I got it wrong, because she actually very kindly recorded before this podcast was on its legs, uh, and has obviously been listening. Uh, Siobhan is a patron. Thank you, Siobhan. Uh, and and just sent me thinking, uh, could, I, could I do it again? I was like, oh, I'm actually due to do The Three Doctors very soon. But yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so so her contribution is hot off the press, but in a folder with the old contributions. Um, so uh, I wonder if she chose the same things. No, maybe not. Maybe that was, I don't know if it was just the way that she approached it, the phraseology or... or, or uh, whether, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm curious. Anyway, let us go to uh, a place where anything is possible, in, including being in a quarry, <laughs> as we go to this story that I loved when I saw it as a six, seven, eight-year-old and uh, then really went off in my grotty teenage and adult life and then in recent years learned to stop worrying and love and then got some personal connections with as well so it it it, it just goes to show why we revisit these stories and 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 there's uh, there are new ways to enjoy and who knows in 20 years time i might go off it again but i can assure you i, I suspect i'll still be watching it uh uh, I have it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray. I also have it uh, on a much more convenient, for these purposes, BritBox. Uh, other streaming services are available, but none of them have Doctor Who on. Uh, and I'm going to watch from the beginning. And I'm going to press my button in three, two, one. Yes, I'm used to always having this one in pretty reasonable quality, but yes, my mum's work colleague, Sheila, bless her, uh, just, yeah, she's got used up all her blank tapes um, to just keep pressing record on the B Sky B Doctor Who weekend. Uh, and then I, I copied all these over to to other tapes to sort of cut out the adverts and stuff like that and I and I put all the interview material and stuff that was between episodes on 
on the end of discs or elsewhere. Not discs, tapes. There were no discs in those days. Um, and I remember, I remember going into school and talking to my friend Olive Ollie um, about that episode ending. You know, it was, it was something that really struck. And here we have something that is going to be hard pressed. So, spoiler alert, early on, here we find Patrick Troughton as the second Doctor and John Levine as Sergeant Benton, who I think are the most inspired pairing of all. I think John Levine is a better actor when he's directed by Douglas Camfield. Camfield brings something slightly more real out of out of John, and I think John is perhaps a bit more confident because... Made him feel confident, and anyone who's seen John at a convention will know John is not unconfident, but he has the confidence of, I think, a man with no confidence. Uh, <laughs> uh, whereas I think the confidence Douglas Camfield gave him is is one that enabled him to relax a bit and not overcompensate. However, I think here I don't know if it's Lenny Main, uh, the director. I'm not sure it is. Um, I I think it's more Patrick Troughton, who is very much an actor's actor. Uh, and if an actor of Troughton's calibre is treating you with respect, that makes you raise your game. Uh, and I think it also channels um, John, one of John Levine's greatest assets as Benton, which is this sort of slightly pained Labrador vibe that he's got going on. And uh, and, and and the fact that sort of Troughton is slightly patronising as the Doctor, he, 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 and that's sort of part of the fun is he's slightly patronising to people that are bigger and tougher than him. Um, now here we have sort of you know uh, perhaps the biggest foray that the Brigadier has made into comic stooge, which sort of Troughton's antics sort of encourage a bit. But Nick Horton is going that way as well because he, he was. He was sort of closer to this than he was to the sort of the slightly harder, tougher brig of the of the earlier seasons. And 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 I guess if you play a character for a long time, I suspect you get closer to yourself. Um, and and Courtney Nick Courtney was a an actor, but he wasn't a character actor. He wasn't a you know he wasn't a uh, a sort of chameleon like actor in the same way that a, a you know a. a many of our character actors are he was a he was a character actor of of types um and that's not to disparage him uh, such such people do uh, uh, amazing work and are very reliable in the things that they do um and still probably got to show more versatility in his career than an actor today <laughs> often gets to certainly a jobbing actor and i you know i love nicholas courtney but i am acknowledging uh that I can see why people don't like this aspect of the Brigadier, who's, you know, hitherto been a very large, you know, quite a serious character, a solid presence beside the, you know, the, the dandified Doctor and the ridiculous antics. But I, and, and you know, this guy has seen it all. But I mean, but I think the Chroma joke is great, you know, but it makes no sense seeing... Uh, me and me and me. I remember that delighting me as a child, and all of that. I am he and he is me. But I remember at school again saying to to my friend Ollie, "Love that me and me and me." I thought that was hilarious. Um, I, I, Clyde Pollitt is wearing a wig as the Chancellor, and you can see because the last time he was on Gallifrey, which is his third Time Lord, who curiously appears first in uh, in uh, in the War Games. Uh, he's got less hair than that. He's also got a very 
sort of reedy, slightly sort of falsetto voice. Um, uh, you know, he's got that quite fluting voice. Oh, slightly, but slightly raspy, fluting voice. Um, I, I, I mean, I quite like these performances, but they are they are quite hammy. Roy, Roy Purcell, is, as the president, is doing what is required. He's delivering the dramatic dialogue whilst holding blue, 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 blue and red bits of round paper. They're round, presumably, because you could put them up in your TARDIS with instructions. I don't know. Uh but but you know Roy Roy Purcell who I think is also that's also a wig isn't it? Um, those we are pledged to protect. You know that they, they have very very hammy dialogue as well. You know this is this is written very much as space people chatting space stuff to each other. Um, you can't imagine any any of these lot nipping out for a fag, you know, or having lunch. Um, uh, but you know and and you get actors like Roy Purcell as the president who were doing what you would do in a sort of Shakespeare play playing you know Messinus or the Duke of Exeter or somebody you know sort of standing there and giving it all your classical heft um and and then when it gets dramatic or you get to the end of the scene giving it a bit, you know giving it a bit of a bit of serious welly i love they um, and Clyde Pollitt, uh, as the as the Chancellor, uh, who's only in these first two episodes, so I have to talk about him, uh, is the brother of Driver Evans C. Uh, Derek Pollitt. Uh, oh, who also pops up in Doctor in the Silurians, doesn't he? In the tiny part. Um, and there was a third Pollitt, uh, Keith, who I think wasn't an actor, but uh, he wrote. Uh, he certainly wrote an o bit of a little a little o bit of of Derek in the in the Guardian. Uh, so yeah, and Clyde Pollitt did loads of work with the English Shakespeare Company with Michael Bogdanov when they were putting on sort of Henry V with people wearing Union Jack underpants and you know it was all modern dress and it was all it was all actually against the kind of classical posturing of the kind of performances we see on Gallifrey. So he was actually part of quite a, a modern wave of uh, of Shakespeare performance, but um, died quite some time ago before before um, you know the likes of me were writing to people but he did have a, a late flourish to his career in a in a you know in an important corner of british theater and people like john woodvine and, and gareth roberts uh, gareth roberts gareth thomas and people like that were uh, were doing uh, doing that sort of work as well uh, you know working with bogdanov at the english shakespeare company um i actually I, see i quite like the gel guards when they do that um when they sort of walk slowly i mean the movement's not Great. This is why we have movement choreographers these days, rather than Ricky Newby, who's a children's entertainer. Ricky Newby, um, who who still occasionally sends me emails, uh, he's, uh, he's still going strong. He was a Dalek and a and a gel guard. Um, you know, Ricky Ricky Newby sort of shuffling along. Uh, but I, I I actually like the design. The one-eyed thing is good. That the, the the jelly like a sort of like a you know it's like a psychotic lump of jelly and a, 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 with a, with a claw that shoots explosions. What's not to love? And I think they look quite good in the quarry as well. It's just when you have that sort of materialization in the first episode and the <laughs> I think is one of the funniest bits in all unintentionally funny bits of Doc Two. Holy Moses, what's that? <laughs> Why didn't I choose that as my favorite thing? Because that embarrasses me to the core. But I'm finding it quite cheery today. Um, uh, I, I love... Uh, fill it with useless information. I have a television set. <laughs> 
I wonder if that was a Troughton ad-lib. I don't know. Um, because there is the story, isn't there, of, of Troughton throwing in lines slightly differently or from left field and, and Pertwee not coping. Because lest we forget, it's not said often enough, actually, Pertwee had done very little dramatic acting in a television studio, if any at all, very little, uh, before he played Doctor Who. Um, uh, and... And, and was always a bit self-conscious as a as an actor. He was a you know he was a he was a man of voices. He was a yeah he was an actor as a performer, but not a not a dramatic actor. And and uh, uh, and, and sort of hid behind the technique you know of knowing your lines. Whereas uh, Troughton was a bit more you know organic and free flowing. Uh, uh, but Troughton, when he realised that uh, Pertwee wasn't happy with you know him coming out from a different side or saying a slightly different line you know was smart and professional enough to not, to go okay okay we'll do it your way and uh the two got on famously because you know Pert, Pert, we i think could be quite testy and had to be managed um and troughton was was smart enough to know how to manage him uh i now i love i love all of that i've talked over that i love the image of a pair of doors in a quarry. I, I love even more the idea that it's a pair of doors in this, you know, created imaginary wilderness. As something as prosaic as a pair of doors in a in you know, in this this place that's created and held together by the will of Omega, as it turns out. Uh, which you know, a, 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 you if if you had a multi million pound budget, I don't think you'd make it a quarry. Uh, Lenny Main is aided by the sun, which I think is is making the location footage look rather lovely, and by the fact that he's decided to film it all at an angle to give it a kind of slightly skewiff uh, aspect, which suggests you know we're playing with reality and nothing's actually quite straight here. That's you know when you're shooting. Uh, in a quarry, uh, trying to suggest something Doctor Who, I, and and I love that the you know the 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 incongruity of the of the game warden guy with his double barrel shotgun and slightly quizzical expression popping up from behind a mound as he does for the rest of the episode, um, and we love Laurie Webb, we love him, um, th these and these two obviously get on, which I think is beautiful. I mean, I I again anybody that sort of takes Benton under their wing. Uh, is nice, and yet you know he's handy with a machine gun. He's convincing as a soldier. Uh, you know, you, you you know that if it gets down and dirty, you know Benton will lay down his life. It's a bit like in the episodes of Dad's Army when you know they occasionally remind you that these guys, for all the hilarious antics, would lay down their lives and be very brave and 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 blunt and uh, about the sacrifice that they are about to make in a way that would make uh, you know. A, a lot of people of my generation, and certainly the ones before, uh, underneath, uh, quake in their boots, uh, and that kind of simple, uncomplicated. Well, yeah, I would do that. That kind of bravery, um, that that nonetheless is not sentimentalised because it's not a sentimental thing, uh, and is actually played with with winning comedy here. By look, look at Benton's sort of wounded, <laughs> wounded, sort of fear. <laughs> I love this, and uh, and I think it's the per the perfect. Uh, you know, Johnny's Johnny's not the world's greatest actor, but he he is he 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 does what he does. He does very well, and the things he does particularly well are this sort of thing. 
Uh, and I think this is the perfect story for Benton. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, hear anything I, I wouldn't say to John. I saw John quite recently. I speak to him on the phone um, relatively regularly. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a complicated fellow. Um, and uh, his heart is in the right place uh, and his mouth sometimes doesn't know how, how to articulate that. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I love the fact that sort of Benton's, it's got slightly out of control. Uh, he didn't, he did, did what he was told uh, and Courtney knows to be looking outside so that then when he comes here, and there, so of course this is that that's the shot of him in Mordred Undead, isn't it? That's the bit that they use for the flashback. Um, <laughs> um, so of course this is this is a landmark moment. It's the Brigadier in the TARDIS for the first time, um, and I can see what Siobhan means about the TARDIS interior. And actually, the guys in military fatigues uh, w w within the TARDIS interior is 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 rather nice. It's a, it's again it's a nice. I talk a lot about juxtaposition in in Doctor the juxtaposition of the ordinary with the extraordinary or the mundane with the spectacular um Rex is very good I think as 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 Dr Tyler especially when you consider it's the same guy who plays Gebek in uh in uh, in uh Monster of Peladon and also Dr Carter in uh and a fear but they they they're the real contrasts um cuz you you'd have probably gone for a I mean, they didn't have. They never really went for huge names in the Pertwee era. The it was it was very much, you know, your 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 lead guest stars were sort of doughty character actors rather than, you know, series leads. Often, most of the time, um, uh, which is a which is why they can afford Land Rovers and things, I guess. <laughs> um, but I, I was looking. I was looking up a. Was I looking up a Zed Cars episode? I think that, that yeah, I was looking for early appearances of Wendy Padbury earlier today for something somebody had asked me, and um, I looked up this episode of Zed Cars, and it had got, uh, it had got Rex Robinson in. It had got David Purcell, who's in the Hand of Fear, who, uh, as I pointed out last episode, is Roy Purcell's son, and and so, I think somebody, and I, went, I bet this is directed by Lenny Main, and lo and behold, it was directed by Lenny Main. Now you see that that looks to me. That angle makes it look like it's got the edge of the television screen. Now, maybe it's not. Maybe it's, maybe that's supposed to be. It's the the, the sort of indentation and in the you know it's a sort of recess and the screen is set back. But it looks to me from that angle like it's a television set that they've not built the set round properly. Uh, and it's just that I love that though. I love that. That's just a very sort of economical bit of right. They can't run away. Uh, lovely bit of Laurie, Laurie Red behind a mound, uh, and and it makes the you know the, and and the gel guards are actually shot very nicely on location with their with their claws just coming to view or bits of them. Um, I think the filming work in the quarry is very nicely done, and I love those old those seventies explosions. Well, those Pertwee era explosions that are very you know sort of orange and smoky and big, and they look really good because when you get to the eighties, the explosions all get a bit glittery and a bit fireworky whereas they're real proper smoky explosions in the Pertwee era much more of a fan of 70s explosions than 80s explosions so hang me um now the um the the video that she did for me ran out at, at, at kind of this point i think in the episode uh 
and 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 it and it starts again when when Troughton bangs the brigadier's uh, radio. I remember that. That's just me taking myself down memory lane for the bits I had, of bits I had missing of episode two of the Three Doctors. Um, now, yeah, I th- I mean I think this is the big failing of the story, and it's the de- it's the design. Roger Limington, who I think was was long gone before anybody got a chance to speak to us, speak to him. Um, I mean, his design, I think, works brilliantly in Carnival of Monsters. This kind of kitschy 70s vibe that, you know, sort of works for the inside of the miniscope, which is run by kitschy 70s people. Um, uh, Vaughan Scherner, you know, and it's and it's and it is slightly comic strippy with its three sets of you with it with its sets of characters it's got Vaughan Scherner and the miniscope and they've got the the three grey bureaucrats and the the three people on the boat and it's like and they're all sort of types and it's all quite zingy and fun and and comic strippy um I, I love that I think that is br- typical Troughton <laughs> opening the radio and all the bits falling out I adore that and he does it with that kind of you know optimism that, that 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 immediately turns to oh no i've buggered this up that then turns to oh but i'm sure i'll make it work if i do if i have a bash and i love all of those things and i love the combination of them i love the story of that 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 to me is 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 sort of what doctor who does so if doctor who is a genius uh doctor who is also a genius who who who, who doesn't necessarily have the best methodology but is has a has a go anyway um often makes mistakes but somehow manages to bodge his or her way to success and i i love that i can identify with that more than i can identify with i'm the greatest electrician in the world or you know i'm so righteous uh my my righteousness will win through in the end i i much prefer a you know a, a hero which is why i like the doctor uh who who is kind of flawed but in a charming way because i hope i hope that even when i because we all muck things up i hope that if i and we all do that we all do bad things as well we're all prone to making mistakes but i hope that if i ever do that it's it's with the best intentions and and because i'm a bit a bit a bit a bit crap of things, but I have, I have, I have a go, and I do my best. <laughs> um, now I remember when we were doing running through corridors, Rob getting very annoyed with this episode because Doctor Tyler is basically having been quite fun with his E equals MC squared, is now a bit of a pain in the ass, uh, and basically runs off only to get captured again. Um, uh, and that's, and 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 that's kind of true it does they are sort of killing time before getting to the reveal of who the bad guys and now dr tyler's basically isn't he he's just going to go and run back to uh to the doctor now i can see what the design's aiming for there actually because you've got the the doors that if the gel guards stand in well these partitions in the corridors that are made of sort of gel guard material um when when that one was following Doctor Tyler, or uh, when it when it when it stood in that sort of entrance where it was like it sort of merged with the scenery, so I can see, I can see the ambition behind that, and it's kind of saying they're all made of the same stuff. So what Omega has sort of created this world from his imagination, and so why wouldn't you make your your guards the same as you you know just 
pluck a few bits out of and it is quite godlike isn't it you know i, I make, make you know make make eat out of the rib of adam and all of that sort of thing um and uh yes yes bang it and make it work there we go that's exactly the thing to do <laughs> i love that as well that doctor who is the sort of person who bangs things to make them work um uh, but yes, that 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 I did because uh, you know, as, as as we learn, Omega is a god in, in his domain. A hero, I should have been a god, is a wonderful line. Um, um, you know, he's he's created this world, um, and so the idea that the yeah that the walls are made of the same thing as the gel guards are made kind of works. But it's they look like obvious sort of bits of scenery flat cut out, and they're just that the, yeah they're they're a good idea, but they're that. They're rendered, I would say, as, as as poorly as any set in the Pertwee era. Um, that's a decent shot of Hartnell. I, I, it, crying out to get a shot of him that's not on the telly. Or I wish these film elements still existed um, so that at least we had the full face of Hartnell. And I'd love it if we had a, you know, a few of the few of the outtakes and all of that. I'm afraid you'd never believe it. <laughs> I was about to chat and guess I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> I do like that dynamic. And that dynamic of Brigadier works, again, particularly well with Troughton because Troughton um, has that, you know, that slightly patronising air. Although I was listening to uh, a lovely podcast called H a Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, presented by gorgeous Joey, who's a lovely, uh, lovely podcast host. And I was listening to him and I sigh heart. Well, I also don't, haven't met, um, talking about, um, but their name's to conjure, um, the Macroterra, and uh, they were, you know, discussing Troughton, and Sai used a word I've never used, and it's, uh, it's it's very difficult when you're doing these things to try and find new things to say about, uh, you know, performers and characters, especially ones that are in, you know, a number of stories, like all of your doctors, but he described Troughton as elusive, Sai uh, Hart did, I think. Uh, and I thought that was a that was a wonderful world because we have Mercurial, we have Pixie. I I, I quite I, I've used Caper a lot, which I quite like. Um, but but yeah, it's that it's that mysteriousness that he has. That although he's engaging, although he's funny, although he's got that sort of whirring intelligence, there is when he's sort of inside his head and weighing up the consequences. There's a, that there is an elusiveness to him, or elusive, as they would say. Those um, this, yeah, it quite works when things disappear in this story or appear. Uh, you get a nice close-up for Corporal Palmer. That's that's all right. That's quite well done, though. Uh, uh, which you get repeated on the original DVD for some reason. That that cliffhanger sort of exists in a glitch, and it and it happens twice. It's actually not as bad as you think. Uh, nice close-up for Corporal Palmer at the end of the episode, and that's the last we see of him. Well, we see him next episode, but he's, uh, uh, but that that's it for him. Uh, Dennis Palmer, he was a dancer, friend of Rex Robinson, uh, long dead now, sadly. Uh, so we've had a little bit. Oh, and Clyde Pollitt, we don't get any more of as well. Um, I, I think Clyde Pollitt is better in uh, in uh, in the War Games than he is in that. As I say, I I find. Gallifrey a bit hammy uh, I mean it's not even Gallifrey the control room of Gallifrey a, a bit hammy in the three doctors but but I actually don't mind that um because of it needs to represent the sort of the 
you know, the, the, the important alien space people doing the important alien space stuff that, 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 that you know, um, uh, sort of tells us how, how and, and represent how important bringing these three doctors together is because they have quite a comic relationship and that banter is very nice. Um, it would just seem like a laugh and a bit of a romp were the not, you know, the lofty alien overlord guys, uh, you know, sort of hammerly decrying how terribly important all of this stuff is. Uh, and, you know, it is a convention. It is quite a dated uh, setup and performance style and, and writing, all of that. But it, it kind of fits and it's a it's a sort of necessary change in tone um, with all the, you know, the the comic banter between uh, Pertwee and Troughton, and indeed the you know the particularly the comic uh, uh, banter between Troughton and the and the unit guys, which all you know if we're not careful gets it. Although Troughton is very good with his you know his steely eyes and that quick intelligence and and a, that furrowed brow that even when he's being funny, you know he's suggesting that that's a front for the great danger that they're facing. Trout never really sends it up. Although I have to say, the Three Doctors is 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 not my is is not my favourite performance of his. I think it takes him a while to 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 get to to settle into the the role. Although I've no idea what order it was. Uh, shot him but I think those early TARDIS scenes I, I I think he goes in a bit too high I mean he's such a good actor it doesn't matter but I'm, I'm comparing to you know when he's when he's really on song uh, I, you know he's my he and Tom Baker are my joint favorite doctors so I'm I'm this this is me this is me being very pernickety but it's because I have to speak for every minute of entire episode runs so you know I'm gonna say everything even though the episodes now stopped so I could actually shut up why don't I well because uh I have to now you see I mean there's more of them next episode I what I really like you see is uh is, is the bit where they sort of got their hands up because that's on the back of the target book and that's in episode three of uh, of, of Benton and uh, Troughton captured by uh, the gel guards and just that image of them with their hands up I, I, I absolutely love um, but I, I but but it starts really in this episode and um, you know once Pertwee and, and Joe get captured it's it's Benton and the second doctor in the TARDIS and I know the brigadier comes in a little bit later but because of what what continues into next week because the brigadier goes off and does his Cromer joke um, f for me the Troughton Benton pairing is one of my it, it, I think it's probably my favorite thing about the whole story uh, it's one of my favorite things it's two of my favorite Doctor Who characters uh one who has i think no limitations trout and i think is such a good actor so good at the serious stuff so good at the balance but that 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 character that he comes up with to play the doctor i think is such a a, a genius creation and he's such a good actor and and then you've got john levine who's not the world's greatest actor but does what he does well and and actually excels when he's given certain responsibilities or is written in a certain way he really rises to the occasion and it's the fact that he's got those limitations that actually makes those that rising to the situation more heroic and actually then feeds into how you respond to sergeant benton because he is you know quite a straightforward guy who's not the sm smartest who's doing his best 
and 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 also is a is a wonderful foil uh both john levine and sergeant benton and i think i think he works particularly well with troughton uh so it's the it's the benton troughton i've, I've obviously i've mixed my actors and my characters there combo uh is my choice of favorite thing for episode two and indeed i mean it's one of my favorite doctor who things Siobhan, what are you gonna choose for episode two? Um, because what? Well, I should say what I reject. I I nearly would have had just the the explosion, the explodey bit, um, with the with the gel guards around the Doctor Joe and uh, Doctor Tyler. Love that simple, effective, exciting, great when you're a kid. Um, I love Trout and smashing the Brigadier's radio. That's adorable. Uh, I love Mister Ollis popping his head up for behind that from behind mounds uh i i like the way lenny main has shot um you know the netherworld uh, in angles i love the double doors oh do i save Troughton and benton for next week actually well no because something else might come up because i love that image of the doors and bessie and the bits of the lab you know, in contrast to the desolate alien uh, netherworld, you know, having something as 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 contemporary and mundane as a pair of doors stuck, you know, in a in a faraway alien landscape, I think is so adorably Doctor Who. Uh, and even though it's you know it's compromised by the fact that it's a quarry, it, it, you know, when I was a kid watching that, it's an alien planet. It's not supposed to be an alien planet. It's supposed to be this amazing world conjured by Omega, who's obviously got a slightly limited imagination. Uh, I think we shall make it stones, but um, <laughs> a hero. I should have been a quarryman. <laughs> I do like the door on the alien planes, but no, I've picked. I love that image. I do. I adore it. I adore it, the conception of it. Let's put some doors in an alien. That's Doctor Who. Isn't that Doctor Who? <laughs> Just a pair of doors in an alien landscape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to explain Doctor Who to anybody now. It's just, it's just a pair of doors on an alien landscape. <laughs> um, Benton and the Second Doctor. Episode two or part two or well, however you want it. Um, it's Patrick Troughton. Quite simply. I mean, oh. Yes, we are we are getting a, a slight caricature of the second doctor here, but this isn't Pat's show. You know, this he's just turned up as a guest and he's he's giving his party turn, if you like. Um and it's it, it's just beautiful. We get all the best bits of the second doctor in one package. Um but there's great stuff there. His interaction with Nick Courtney, especially in this in this episode, is, is just hilarious. Especially, and kudos to Nick Courtney for this, but the look he gives Troughton when the brigadier first realises who he's talking to, and the, oh no, oh. But Tra Troughton is just a, a joy, you know, slamming a, a walkie-talkie microphone on the console. Now try it. And it, yeah, we've got to say Troughton. We've got to. Um, yeah. 
Ah, now, I mean, do I get half a point for that? Half a point for that? Um, maybe. It's up to you. Um, and that's an interesting observation about saying, yes, it, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that occasionally Troughton is like a sort of caricature of his previous performance. But I, I, I get that observation that, uh, you know, he's yes, he's an interloper into the series as it is now rather than, uh, the lead in his own series and and also it's been a while since he's well it's only a couple of years since he played the part but um but that that dynamic is necessarily different so okay i'll buy that i'll buy that um so i get a i think i get half a point for that um uh, yeah i get i get a point that is st stuck in a time time eddy and and watching from afar uh, as as the other part recedes into the distance something like that um Anyway, I enjoyed that. And again, I remembered that episode ending from when I saw it the first time. I remember, you know, the disappearance of Unit HQ. And uh, yeah, I remember my brothers talking about that, saying, yeah, because that was important. Whereas I think, you know, that's the f this is actually the first unit story I ever saw. And it just seemed so right, you know, soldiers in the grounds of, you know, their headquarters submachine gunning you know alien jelly beasts uh that that to me seemed like the doctor who of yore that i imagined doctor who to be like when i was a kid growing up on a diet of you know season 17 and and uh and and 18 yes when i watched this season 18 had just happened it was the gap between seasons 18 and 19 uh and as as I say, I, lo I love season eighteen now, but uh, it, it 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 seemed to me um, to be sort of quite elegiac, prosaic, burgundy maths, but velvet burgundy maths talking, uh, and I, I I was much more, I had a, a much bigger appetite for soldiers with submachine guns shooting at jelly beasts in a car park so <laughs> and doors on alien landscapes because we know those doors as uninteresting as they are well it's the very fact that they're uninteresting that just throws up all the possibilities of what could be on the other side of them uh and on the other side of this will be episode three which will be next time but until then uh, that's it from me and me and me. Well, thank you ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest watching The Three Doctors is Siobhan Galichon, who can be found on Twitter at S-I-O Galichon. And I'm grateful to Siobhan and, of course, to the patrons who make these podcasts possible. And they include Jeff Sear, who hasn't been on the credits in ages because he dropped off the list. So I'm going to say his name a lot. Jeff Sear, Jeff Sear. I'm sorry, Jeff, you weren't here. <laughs> but now Jeff Sear. Jeff Sear. I'm sorry, Jeff. There you go. Jeff Sear. I will be saying Jeff's name a number of times over the next few episodes. Uh, Stephen Moffat, Peter Burns, Peter Harness. Uh, Philip Marsh, PDT, Tom Hunter-Watts, Ian Dean, Chris Bone, Paul Loveday, Damien Cartin, Fleet Boy and Matt Sawyer. The music is by Dave Gates, the artwork by Dylan Patterson.
And I really am grateful to those of you who continue to be patrons as the world falls apart and interest rates rocket and everything gets more expensive. Now, I, this tries to be as inexpensive as possible. Well, it's free, but if you do find yourself in a position to support the arts, if that's indeed what this is, to support independent content providers, I think that's what we're called now. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that sounds awful. Do I want to be one of those? Well, anyway, look, I have a Patreon. I'm, I have, I am cap in hand. Uh, and, and as I say, yes, this stuff goes out for free. Of course it does. And it goes out without advertising. I do not take adverts. I'm not going to sit there pretending I, I, I like those beds or that shaving kit or that food delivery service that I don't use but have to pretend to. They go, and actually I started using them and quite lot and really liked it. What a coincidence. Just listen to the news agents actually, which is Emily Maitlis and John Sobel. You know, these are these are proper journalists going, yes, and uh, the the... The, the when you fly Virgin, uh, you'll find that they think the customers are like their family. And you go, well, you, well, you, I know you've just been made to say that. You know, I know this is the advert bit because you have to you have to make us know that it's the advert bit. So you're sort of pretending that we don't know that we know that you know that you know that we know that this is just a lie because for for 30 pieces of silver. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure Virgin Atlantic were paying a top dollar for, for this. Uh, I, I might consider it, but it's never going to happen. So I find myself in a very easy position to go, yes, I, I refuse all adverts. I don't think anybody wants to advertise. Anyway, um, th there is an option, I think, on the internet provider, the, the podcast provider that I use, but I am not going to. Instead, I rely on you. So there's no obligation, but if you do if, if i if that really that anti-plug that i've just done uh has in any way melted your heart uh you could go to patreon.com forward slash toby haydoke and for as little as three pounds a month there are higher tiers and there are things to lure you up the higher tiers but most things are available at the base three pounds per month and you get 10 percent off that and off every other tier if you commit to a year in one go uh, and for that you get advanced releases you get bonus material you get exclusives you get monthly amas and you get pictures of my dog you can also go to ko-fi.com forward slash toby haydoke which uh, doesn't give you any of the advantages but it also doesn't tie you in to any form of commitment at all and it just means if you've had a good day or you've had a bonus or you listen to an episode that you particularly liked you could buy me a coffee isn't that a lovely metaphor um and it goes up in denominations of, of three quid and you can buy me as many coffees or as few as you like uh it's it's still me essentially begging for favors but this this one is at least pretending to be a drink <laughs> but what costs nothing and seriously things are getting really tough uh, out there i know that um uh, and and it actually means something to me if uh, you know over the next year or so when we're all a bit skint and everything's a bit rubbish i mean this this podcast was bred of of uh, of uh, of of covid and lockdown and it was an attempt to go well i'll try and do something where at least i feel like i'm connecting with people and maybe doing something useful uh, even in the only way that i can do things which is saying things out loud which isn't that much use um but look if uh, if that's what uh, if that's what's if if that's what this is over the next year, just a way of being in contact with people, even though you know we 
you know we can't, we can't actually literally uh, interact um th- th- then i think that's something isn't it i think that's something uh so i'm just glad that you're listening um and if you're having a shitty day um and something related to doctor who even if it's me just me blathering on about it uh, has has brightened your shitty day then uh, I've wasted my time, um, and uh, more importantly, you haven't wasted yours. Um, you know, spending spending some of your precious time in 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 uh, it's not even the company, is it? Because because you don't get to say anything back to me. But um, look, anyway, I'm I'm grateful that you listen and that you're there, and I hope you and yours are doing okay. And uh, you know, it'll be all right. We have to keep fighting. Uh, against the bad things but we have to do it with a smile on our face and with inventiveness and with a sense of humor because you know otherwise that's that's when we lose and so um gosh that all got a bit philosophical we, uh, uh, you know at the end of the bit where i essentially ask you for money <laughs> but you know what it's just the nature of things i have to stop apologizing it's just the way things are these days with the way with content and putting stuff out there and the beauty is if you don't want to you don't have to and i still like you well that went to places i wasn't expecting it to and i'm not sure i want it to have gone but there we go um it's the post credits bit i have to have a rule where i don't start editing or changing that because otherwise i'm paying far too much time and attention on a bit that shouldn't really exist anyway this is this is all pointless this exists in a nowhere world however i will echo i will use all the forces of my creation to scroll on the quarry walls um what costs you nothing is to go to itunes podbean spotify wherever you receive your podcasts and to leave a five star review and perhaps a few lines saying nice things about these podcasts both really help a little bit uh <laughs> St. Crispin's Day didn't it but about the fact that we're all going to be really poor um but we'll be all right I know it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be tough uh, but um you know we're still in the 21st century in uh you know generally in the countries where everyone listens to this you know we could have been born in worse times and places so although they're not as, as as happy as perhaps we'd like them to be, we we've got we can get through this. Um, with me, it probably means I'll just because kids traveling around as a stand-up now is getting impossible. I mean the the the, the price, and I don't drive. The, you know the price of getting to gigs now costs costs more than you earn from them. Um, so uh, so uh, I'll probably be, I'll probably be staying at home making more things with the microphone that I bought du- during COVID uh, and and uh, do, doing this kind of thing, which, uh, yeah, as I say, I enjoy. Uh, and if you're listening to, to what this must be about episode, well, it's episode 62.2, of, but that means nothing because, of course, the, um, it doesn't mean it's episode 62 because episode, you know, episode 43 had four or six parts to it so my numbering system i've got no idea how many episodes of this i've done but um but it must be over 300 
must be around that so uh if you're still listening at this point uh well my goodness me good for you um and uh yeah so i uh uh, you, you know, you you hopefully won't be uh, too disappointed that I go. I might be making more of these things. Um, anyway, I've been writing a script, which is why I'm doing more of these commentaries than of uh, the too much information's indefinable magics, two of which I have half written. Um, but uh, my writing time really has to, you know, because this is this yeah, yeah. The, 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 I've, I've, I've got this script that I really have to finish. It's, it's a spec script, but nobody's ever going to read it. Uh, but uh, it's something to give my agent. I'm working on it with a script editor. It's, uh, it, it, it's all, you know, it's part of my, my proper job. This isn't my proper job, he says, having just, <laughs> just, 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 just said, but it's worth paying for. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a hobby that went wrong. <laughs> that was, that was bred on the swings of uh, Moore Park School, where I played on the swings with my friend Ollie uh, when we were six or seven, and I was so excited uh, that, the th that the three doctors was on the telly. And I'm still pretty excited that it's still on the telly now, and it's on the telly because I choose it to be, rather than on the telly because it, there was a, the miracle of a repeat of something old. Oh, Oh, such a thing. And I've just watched, actually, I've just watched the Billy plays on uh, on uh, BBC4 because they resurrected those for the, the play for today's that were the big break of Kenneth Branagh. And they're directed by the Graf Vindicay, Paul Seed, and they star Peter Walmsley as well from uh, from Battlefield, Jimmy Ellis, who was in the first ever acting company I ever worked with professionally and was a lovely man. Uh, and, and watching these plays from the from the early 80s, where people don't behave as if they're in a drama. They actually behave as if they're real people. Where events don't unfold because they're, you know, they thematically should, or that metaphor is completed there. It's almost like they're sort of slices of life uh, where nothing is explained or apologised for. You as the viewer have to go, God, you know, the men here are a bit sort of bloody thoughtless and antagonistic. And then you go, ah, and everyone's taking it in their stride. And that's... The commentary, it's not that then somebody sits down and goes, aren't men antagonistic and uh, f fighty and boozy and bullish and yet solid and dependable and occasionally strangely moralistic in a weird way? It's all sort of there and you have to do that. Uh, very refreshing, very refreshing and interesting. Uh, but I wonder how many of today's audience would would would, would stand for it because it... Uh, it, it, it doesn't steer you it, it you know it it tells it's it's it, it, it tells its story through character and through brilliant brilliant performances but again performances that are perhaps you know perhaps slightly off off key for people used to today's styles of, of acting which are no more real they're just real in a different way but that's a whole other thing I've, I've I've added about twenty minutes to the end of this this is not a prologue this is like a whole other episode um it used to be a couple of quips didn't it and now it's now it's a monologue which i must now bring to an end so i'm going to i'm going to fade back into the distance with plinky plonky music uh having um <laughs> having having <laughs> having said stuff i clearly don't understand because i'm reading it off a cue card that, that that that's my excuse <laughs>